Welcome to the Giants Huddle, a New York Giants podcast. Welcome to the most recent episode of the Giants Huddle podcast. John Schmelk with you, today's guest, NFL analyst Charles Davis. Thank you for being with us. I want to remind you, if you want to find the Giants Huddle podcast, it's on the Giants mobile app, all your favorite podcast platforms, and of course on Giants.com slash podcast. Now let's get to our guest. We're joined by Charles Davis. He has covered the NFL for a very long time. You see him on your Sundays calling NFL games. He's on SiriusXM, and you can find his most recent mock draft on NFL.com. Charles, we appreciate the time. Hope everybody in your world is healthy and well in these very, very unique times in America. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And, and we are all healthy and well, fortunately. Uh, we don't take it out for granted, and we certainly hope the same for you and yours. And for everyone who's watching this, the same thing for them. And how about those first responders? We can never, ever give them enough props and thank them enough. They're literally putting their lives on the line for all of us each and every day, literally. And absolutely. And all the MTA workers, everybody that's working at the everyone. grocery store, all those guys out there that are letting us live our lives. Certainly. Thank you very much. But Charles, luckily we're blessed where we could talk about some of the fun stuff here and the entire sports world will be focused on the NFL draft coming up next weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the Giants, I think, have a real interesting choice at number four. And the dilemma that we've been discussing a lot on Giants.com and our Giants shows is, do you pick who most people have graded as the highest graded defensive player that might be on the board in Isaiah Simmons? Or do you go with a position like offensive tackle when it comes to team building and helping your franchise quarterback and filling a need might be a more uh, position that's more desired? Oh, that's a, what a heck of a dilemma for Coach Dave Gettleman as the GM and the rest of the Giants brass, right? And Coach Gettleman's going to have the final call on that and decide what to do. On one hand, you would say you really can't go wrong. You, you get the most versatile defender in the draft in Isaiah Simmons, or you get an offensive tackle, which I would believe that would be the choice there, to protect the franchise quarterback that you drafted the year before and had everyone going absolutely bonkers from the moment you called his name. And as it turned out, a lot of the people that were given grief are also saying, okay, I see it now, got it, you know, because there was a lot to like about Daniel Jones's rookie year. So that's where the dilemma breaks down. And the funny part is, if you were trying to decide between the offensive tackle or let's say you needed a big-time receiver, in this draft, I think your tiebreaker would be, I can get a receiver almost any time because it's so loaded. But when you're talking about, the best, maybe the best defender, overall versatile defender on the other side, because Chase Young's the highest rated defender, the defensive right. end. We don't expect him to be there and be available. We think he'll be gone by Washington, at the very least Detroit at three, unless there's a trade. So you're saying, okay, what do I do? So this is how I look at it. One, I spent the draft capital on my quarterback last year. I've got to have him taken care of. I've got to give him his best chance. The flip side is, I grew up in New York State. I've read the lore of the New York Giants. The DNA of this franchise is all about the defense. Okay, you and I aren't old enough, but you've heard the stories about the great Giant defenders in the 50s and the 60s. When they went out on the town and went to Toot Shores, who got the best tables? The guys playing Hoff, baby. Right? <laughs> they got the tables. When the crowd went to Yankee Stadium and, and chanted for the team, what did they chant? Defense. Right? That's who they are. LT, maybe as a celebrated a player with a franchise as there's ever been. The defenders are – it's all the way through the Giants, their championships, their teams. But in this case, that capital was spent on a quarterback. I'm thinking that if they keep the pick and don't trade down, 
one of those tackles is going to be the call. See, but now it gets hard because there are four really good offensive <laughs> tackles. And there doesn't seem to be much of consensus on which one's the best, Charles. How do you rate those four guys? Which one do you like the best when you take a look at their tape? It's a hair's, it's a hair's breadth between all of them. So let me just start with the two who have been right tackles throughout their careers, all right? That's Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, and that's Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Both of them have played on the right side. Now, you and I both know that the game is changing to where you just want really good tackles on both sides, and you don't say, well, that's my run guy, and this is my pass protector. You're expected to do both because a lot of the great pass rushers now are lining up over the right tackle and trying to get to him. So you better have a good pass protector there. Wirfs' athleticism was off the charts at the Combine. Wills is great play throughout his time at Alabama on display where he just beat up people. Then you go to the other two, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Maybe the guy that you know exactly what you're getting when you see him play. Like, okay, I can plug him. I'll be fine right out of the gate. Maybe the guy that some might say is the most pro ready. And then there's Makai Becton, the monster, right? So if you're Saquon Barkley in pregame warmups, you want to run with him. So you get used to the ground shaking so that you don't trip and fall <laughs> the ball when you go. So Becton is, is that type of a guy. For me, thinking about Coach Gettleman, who's told me since I was, you know, 16 years old, Charles, it's always going to be a big man's game. There's no one bigger than Makai Becton. I mean, there's just no getting around it. And he's athletic and agile. But I think any one of those four fits the bill for what the Giants need. And I think all four of them, will we'll play as rookies from day one at left tackle. Okay, if they go Simmons, Charles, which I think, you know, who knows? Yeah. It could be a possibility. possibility. And it wouldn't be a bad call either. Absolutely not. And he's a guy that did so many things at Clemson. Deep safety, box safety, weak side linebacker, pass rusher, slot corner. Where do you see him fitting long-term, his best role to get the most out of him in the NFL long-term? I think weak side linebacker, the will, as a lot of defenses call it, uh, the run and chase linebacker. We have those big people up front, you know, and, and we'll see who it turns out to be. But, you know, think about last year drafting the big kid out of Clemson, Lawrence, and then being able, you know, to, 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 to have, um, um, what's his name, B.J. Hill is still around, right? So, I mean, you've got monsters across the front. And let's not forget, didn't you make a trade during the season last year and pick Leonard up Williams? Back? Hello, yeah, you know. So, so, so let's let's see how that plays out. But him protected, able to run and chase and make plays is big time. But as he gains experience and his football IQ comes to the front, your defensive coordinator gets a chance to game plan with a guy that some weeks you may have him lined up where he doesn't come off the field. He plays nickel corner for you, depending on who those receivers are. You may have him where he's just truly a will. You may have him in some defense where everyone else goes off the field and now he roams in the middle. Like, remember how Derek Brooks used to run down the middle yep. of the pipe in that Tampa two? He could be outstanding doing that because he'll make a play for you 40 yards downfield like a defensive back. But all in all, I like him as an outside linebacker long-term in his career. There's a Thomas Davis comparison coming out of Georgia, who was a safety outside linebacker with those types of skills. That works. Shaq Thompson coming out of the University of Washington with Carolina. Same type of a, of a makeup. But Derwin James with the Chargers, I think he and Isaiah Simmons are parallel players. But James is a safety. Simmons is an outside linebacker to me. You see him maybe as a situational pass rusher, as a blitzer maybe on passing day? Definitely. There's, there's nothing he can't do. But I wouldn't, I'm not drafting him 
like an outside linebacker who just rushes the passer. This is going to be one of those deals where I've always told myself over the years as I've gained some experience, an outside linebacker who doesn't rush the passer well, I need to have a little bit of skepticism about because I've been burned before. Aaron Curry coming out of Wake Forest. Deion Jordan coming out of Oregon. But in this situation, it was never designed for him to be that type of a guy. He's always been that Swiss Army knife for them. So I feel like there's a difference in how I rate Isaiah Simmons versus how I looked at Jordan, how I looked at Aaron Curry, and felt like I made a mistake with both on that. Hey, look, in the NFC East, a lot of really good tight ends go back to Jason Witten. The Eagles have a couple really good tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. He's someone that could really try to limit those guys in their production. See if Jordan Um, makes it back for Washington, you know, I mean, he can go right on down the line. Anyway, you're right. Absolutely right. So if they, let's say they go Simmons at four, Charles, and then they say, boy, we we still really want to help out this offensive line group. You know, we did a reporter's mock draft on our Giants Huddle podcast. There were seven offensive tackles and two centers taken in the first 32 picks. Yeah. What do you think of that next group of tackles, the Ezra Clevelands, the Isaiah Wilsons, the Austin Jacksons, the Josh Joneses? What do you think of those guys? Are they plug-and-play starters, and will they be around when the Giants pick at 36? Great question, and there's a case to be made for all of them being gone because, look, by the time you get down to, let's say it's 30, with the Tennessee Titans, they need a right tackle to plug into that big, strong offensive line. So could they be in the market right there? What if Josh Jones is somehow still available at 30? You know, that seems to, to seems to fit what they would want to do. You know, that sort of a deal. What if they like Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, who I think is a really good player, and some people see him as a combo, guard and tackle. I like him at tackle better than I like him at guard. I think that – I'm going to play the game with you that Josh Jones from Houston is gone, that Austin Jackson from USC is gone, because we'll have a run on tackles. But that first wave of four, then the next group kicks in, and people are going to want those guys. Would Dallas try and plug and play a center again like they did Travis Frederick a few years ago? And if so, who would that center be, right? Would it be Cesar Ruiz from Michigan? Would it be Matt Hennessy from Temple? My personal favorite is Lloyd Cushenberry out of, out of LSU. Could it be a guy like that that could be the surprise? So that next wave, you mentioned Cleveland. Josh Jones we've mentioned. There's a kid out of UConn named Matt Perry, right? 36, big boy. Pick 36, right? You don't mind him getting off the bus first, right? I mean, he is <laughs> body beautiful, and I think he's a guy that goes about doing the job really, really well. So he'd be a guy that i take a look at. Prince Tega Wanaga. From, from Auburn, kind of got lost in the shuffle because of the injury, really didn't compete at the combine. We didn't see him in the postseason, but he's learning how to play, right? He came over, uh, I believe, from Kenya, and we're trying to figure out, okay, what do we have here? we got a tremendous album. He was a sophomore in high school before he ever put on football pass. So there's a lot of football out in front of him. And if we get past 36 and you get deeper into the draft, there's a kid who went to UMass who transferred to Auburn by the name of Jack Driscoll who I think is as steady as they come. And I don't like him at 36. I feel like that might be too early. But down the road, if you get deeper into the draft, a really dependable guy, all of a sudden you just go, this Driscoll kid can flat out play. I think he'd be someone that maybe, you know, could plug in there and and help fortify the offensive line. Dave Gettleman has also mentioned, Charles, that center could be a priority. You mentioned a few of them in in your last answer. Your thoughts on the center class? Is there going to be a guy worth the bang for the bucket 36, or is that better explored in that 99-110 range when the Giants select in the third and fourth rounds? 
I think what we've discovered in this draft, and, and not just this one, but in, in, in recent years, if there's a guy you like for your team, you better just go get him. You know, that whole thing of, is he worth it here? Can I wait and get him later? If you really like him, go get him. I think there are a few. We mentioned a few of those guys that I think that would be in play. Ruiz is definitely in play as a first-round guy. I think Cushenberry from, from LSU should be in play as a first-round guy, but he's not getting out of the second round, I don't believe. I think that Matt Hennessy from Temple, that's a tough, hard-nosed, gritty, heady type of a player. He's going to be another one that's going to be in play there. So there are plenty of guys there that we could talk about at the center position. But I'm going to tell you, down the road, you can all often find them as well. And what I mean by that is think of the guys we've seen in this league that weren't first or second round guys who are holding down the pivot for their current teams, right? One of the guys comes to mind immediately as a team to play for the NFC Championship and Corey Lindsley. Came out of Ohio State as a seventh round guy. I don't know the Packers have gotten him out of the lineup since. <laughs> Remember uh, uh, Jeff Bo- is it Bodine, who came out of North Carolina a few years ago and started for the Bengals for about five years? He was like a fourth or a fifth round pick. So there will be guys available, and my guy, Later rounds, who I think is going to be a guy that's going to start earlier than what people think, is Daryl Williams of Mississippi State. I saw him at the East-West, and I was just really captivated by what I saw. I think he could be a starting center as a rookie in the NFL. From what you're hearing, Charles, how much interest do you think there's going to be at the top of this quarterback class, once you get past Joe Burrow at number one, where there's going to be some interest where a team like the Chargers, like the Dolphins, really wants one guy and is going to go give you some draft capital to trade up with the Giants at four or even the Lions at three? Yeah, I think there's going to be some interest there. We go through it each and every year. If there's one lesson we should all keep in mind, remember the Bears going from three to two to get Mitchell Trubisky? Yep. When most of us thought, why would you even have to go there? San Francisco's not going to take him at two. But San Francisco convinced them enough that there was interest in their pick that they better go get their guy. And that's how they came up there. So, yeah, if you're Washington, if you're Detroit, I'm making every noise I possibly can. I know that Coach Gettleman has said that he is, you know, open for business at four when he hasn't really gotten off of that pick, right? When he's always pretty much stuck and picked in that spot. But he's smart. He understands with this quarterback market, if someone wants a certain guy, whether it's Tua, whether it's Justin Herbert, I don't know that it's Jordan Love, but, hey, it could be. You never know because – Blake Bortles went number three in the draft when he came out. So you never know who people are going to like. Yeah, now think about that. You just move from four to whatever, and Coach Gettleman's not going to get out of range of getting someone that he really wants. So if you're coming for that fourth pick and he decides to move down, it's going to be in a a slot that fits where he's either going to get one of those tackles that he wants or maybe he's not going to lose Isaiah Simmons, or whoever it is is highest on his draft board, he's going to make sure he gets what he wants in order to give up that quarterback slot. Charles, I mentioned earlier the Giants' next two picks after their first two rounds are at 99 and 110. So there's a big gap there. Big gap. 36 and 99. There's almost two full rounds worth of players that are going to go off the board. It's a long wait. So I think two positions, I'd like to get your take on them. I'll start with the wide receiver class, which is very deep. Yeah. The Giants have a bunch of guys that can play slot inside. Darius Slayton was good as a rookie, but they don't have that big, imposing, physical, skyscraper, contested catch, red zone type guy. Is there someone in 99 or 110 that you think might be hanging around there still that could fill that role for Big Blue? I'm going to give you one name that, that, that comes with it, a little bit of, hmm, how come he wasn't better in college? <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. 
big, strong, physical, good-looking athlete. And you keep wondering, why wasn't there more there? What was going on? I guarantee every team's doing their homework on that because he looks like he should be a day-two early selection. He should be in that mix with all those other great wide receivers. But production has never quite been there, even though he sure looks the part and he tested well at the combine. Another guy that I think that you could look at later, let's stay in state and go to Syracuse and get Tristan Jackson. Another guy that can go out the outside. Think about how great a job Darius Slayton did for you last year, right? This would be another guy that would fall into that type of range that could be that type of a player for the outside the numbers type of a receiver. And outside cornerbacks go early, but a lot of times, really, Charles, I don't know why. I feel like these slot cornerbacks drop in the draft sometimes, and, and I don't get it because they're on the field for 80% of the snaps now, and sometimes the best receiver lines up inside. So of the guys that can play slot, who do you like that could be there in that round three, round four, pick 100 area? Well, I actually had a man crush at the Senior Bowl this year with a kid who I thought was spicy, gritty, and I thought would be a day three guy, rounds four through seven, but I thought he could play. And he might even get pushed up if there's a big wide receiver run and you need to combat it. And that's Dane Jackson from Pitt. Okay, remember, Avante Maddox with the Eagles came out of Pitt. So they're doing something right there. And, and I know Pat Narduzzi, the head coach, plays a lot of press man, a lot of quarters coverage, a lot of he's very big pressure package and puts his guys out there to cover people. Jackson was like that all week, very sticky in coverage at the Senior Bowl and very used to being an inside guy and playing with all that traffic there. Will not come up in the first, you know, first wave of guys that you talk about. I'd, be, I'd take a hard look at Dane Jackson at Pitt is a possibility down the road to be that inside guy. Giants drafted Julian Love last year. He's played corner and safety. I think Terrell Burgess is a similar player this year. Really smart, all over the field. He can play both. Your thoughts on Burgess, and will he get to 99? I'm not sure he will. Yeah, I think you're right about that, and and I think everything that you said about him is is appropriate. Plus, he'll tackle, you know, and and one thing you got to remember with that Utah program, we're talking about maybe eight guys from Utah getting drafted here, including all four in the secondary. Think about that. Burgess coming out. Blackman's coming out. Jalen Johnson, you know, the, 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 the corner is going to be coming out. Javelin Guidry, their nickelback will be coming out. He's another small, feisty guy that could go into the slot and play. But they used him like a linebacker in a lot of their defenses. And he had to learn how to tackle, and he did that pretty well, too. I, Willie Gay is interesting. He's a guy that hasn't played a lot, injured, put up great numbers. Him, other besides him, you could talk about him too. Any other like really speedy linebackers that you think could develop some of that coverage ability that might be available end of day two, start of day three? I would be interested to see what people are going to do with Kaliki Hudson out of, out of Michigan. Are they going to make him a linebacker or are they going to make him a safety? Because the way that people are playing nowadays, he's kind of had that hybrid in him and be able to do those sorts of things. Um, you know, Drake Greenlaw, who came out and played so well for San Francisco last year, he started his career as a safety at Arkansas. Mm. So we're seeing a lot of those conversion-type guys that can do it. Gay can flat-out go. His problem has been he's never been on the field. It's either been an injury or he's been suspended or something's going on. But you remember he missed, what, the first six games of the year? And his first game, he gets a pick six. That's the type of ability that flashes and people look at. Obviously, Coach Gettleman and his staff have to evaluate the off-field for a guy like Gay. But his speed is, is outstanding, exactly what you're looking for. Charles, guys in these, you know, pre-season, post-draft process tend to move up and down. Yeah. Do you feel that's still the case this year, given there hasn't been pro days? Or do you think boards are right now a little bit more static 
But if there are guys that are moving up or down, what are some of the names you're hearing? Yeah, I think it's more static because we're not talking about it. You know, we move guys up and down. You guys like you and me, right. we're talking about them like crazy. I think the draft people tell us, hey, we had our board, so we know what we're doing. You guys are just now catching up to certain people. But how about some guys who I think are either moving up or people that we should be talking about? Yeah. Antonio Gibson, the running back from Memphis State, I think is terrific, an absolute dart. A lot of people think he's a wide receiver. He's 220-plus pounds. We saw him at the senior bowl. I think he's a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. It would be a perfect complimentary back for someone. There's a guy whose stopwatch is not good, whose testing isn't the greatest, but at the end of the game he had 15 tackles every time. That's Evan Weaver from Cal, an inside linebacker. If you're playing in a division, heavy running, the whole thing, he might fit what you're looking for. I think a Reggie Robinson from Tulsa is a corner. Is a guy that I like a bunch. I think a, a Harrison Hand from Temple, another corner I like. And then a kid whose motor just won't stop at defensive end, former walk-on, Kenny Willickis from Michigan State. I think he's kind of going under the radar a little bit. I already mentioned Cushenberry. You know, I've got a crush on Cush. Um, Darnay Holmes, another nickelback that you could go inside and get. Where he's going to go, I'm not sure, but I thought he's a guy that was really had great senior bowl practices. He may be one of those risers. Kendall Vildor a corner from Georgia Southern. I thought that he played really well against the bigger competition that he saw. Bryce Hall is a guy that we've lost track of, a corner out of Virginia because of the injury last year. All right? If he had come out the year before, we were talking about it possibly in a first or second round pick. He may be a steal if he's fully healthy. And there's a defensive tackle from Ohio State we saw at the senior bowl that I thought was pretty darn good in Devon Hamilton. Kind of got overlooked. You don't see him in the top five of the defensive tackle grouping. But I think he's a pretty darn good player. You can get him a little bit later on, and I think he'll be very nice in the middle of your defense. Charles, everyone that does this have that has that one guy that maybe not everyone else is high on, but you just love, and he's like your pet cat, and you, and you can't get enough of watching him. <laughs> Who's your favorite sleeper that's kind of your guy on day three of this draft? I'm, oh, boy, day three. By the time we get to day three, the guys that I love the most, I don't think are getting to day three, and that's a okay. big number in the, 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 the corner. From, from Louisiana Tech, great ball hawk. I think he could be a nickel guy that could go inside. You can go get him. 14 picks, 48 passes, broken up in three years. And a guy that I think is sliding, perhaps, that's a first-round talent that may get out of the first round, that's the receiver LaVisca Chenault from, from Colorado because of injury. He had the core injury at the combine. But when you watch him, to me, he's Debo Samuel 2020. All right? Same compact build. The catch, you know, run after the catch like a running back, the whole deal. And there's another corner from Louisiana Tech who might be a third-day guy, Legereus Sneed. Louisiana Tech is going to give you some defensive backs this year. Keep an eye out for Legereus Sneed for a guy that could be a third-day guy that I think is going to be a pretty darn good player. I already mentioned Darrell Williams from Mississippi State. He's going to be my third-day guy that I think is going to be a starter in this league. Charles, final question. Is there something that you're not sure about right now with this draft, whether it's at the top or bottom, how teams are going to approach it, a trade? that you're just not sure about right now that you can wait until draft night to see and figure out what happens? Yeah, I just want to see if because we couldn't do all of the homework on players, you know, as extensive as it normally is, will people who are making the picks, when it comes time to pick between Ohio State and St. John's of Minnesota, are they going to tend to fall on Ohio State? You know what I mean? Because – we're going to try and hit everything solid now. And let's face it, when you miss on a pick and you're a GM, 
it's a heck of a lot easier to defend missing on the kid from a big school than it is if you took a small school guy a little bit higher than what people think and he doesn't work out. So if you're just playing those types of games, we'll see. The other part is you'll probably have more complete, you know, information on the bigger school guys because you've been tracking them for longer. You know, a lot of guys couldn't get in and see all the small schools that they normally would this year. So maybe a lot of that gets pushed up to the front. And we may get some guys who might have gotten drafted in previous years that ended up being priority free agents in this one because, again, we might not have gotten to that school and been able to do all the homework on them. Charles, awesome stuff, my friend. Stay safe up there. We really appreciate the time. We love your work. We look forward to seeing more of it. A new mock draft, the final one, will be hitting NFL.com uh, the week of the draft. Make sure you guys check it out. Charles, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. That's Charles Davis. We thank you for joining us on the Giants Huddle Podcast on Giants.com, on the Giants mobile app, and on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star positive review if you like what you hear. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle Podcast.